Late Night Legends podcast is meant for an adult audience only. It may contain sexually oriented content. Content may not be suitable for sensitive listeners. Please be aware of your surroundings. Listener discretion is advised. Legends Internet Podcast Radio Show, uh, the finest content on the interwebulous stratosphere. My name is Frank, and I am here with my co-hosts. Uh, I'm going to start out by my left going clockwise. We've got Ashley. What's up, party people? <laughs> we got James. Yo, yo, yo. And we've got Tressa down here. Hello. And then we've got Kara down there. So, <laughs> really quick, with some announcement tonight is Jenny Knight's off. Uh, Jenny's night off. I want to thank everyone for covering for me last week. It's not feeling too good, and I'm in a new setup. I had to move <laughs> abruptly, even though, like I was already going to move it. It was a little bit earlier than uh, planned, so I'm in a new you setup. You don't have your candles. I don't have my candles. I'm not going to have my candles as far as I know. There's nothing behind me to put my Where candles on, so wow. I'll have to figure that out. Uh, I wanted to switch over to my new computer. However, Linux and the Roadcaster Pro don't know how to talk to each other, so I'll have to figure that out on my own, and I'm probably going to just emulate the entire operating system of a Macintosh. So... Anybody like got things going on that they want to talk about? <laughs> thanks, thanks, Tressa. Thanks for that. <laughs> How about that crush interview? What's going on with aliens and UFOs? You guys, I don't that? know. What? I mean, the, I didn't watch the interview. I, I saw it. something about it. I've been more following the whistleblower. <gasps> that's Grush, dude. That, oh, that's Grush. Okay, but then there's also the Las Vegas family <laughs> with the neighbor with the barbecue. And yeah, that, that turned the out to be that turned out to be a hoax. So shocking. Yeah, I Shocked. know. I know. I know. I, I was I was all for it. I, I was want, I wanted to believe. Look, I wanted to believe. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy the fact that uh, Grush 100% just described a TARDIS. <laughs> As part of it all. It was just like, and it was bigger on the inside. He's a fan. We can only hope it really is a TARDIS. I don't we know what a TARDIS hope. is, but I... Oh, Frank. I oh, no. Frankard! What? What? what is no. that? Frankard Benjamin! Oh, what? Doctor what? Who! Oh, I've never seen it. 
Um, uh, I just this this is hard to believe you run you you run a supernatural podcast. I know, I know. People and you don't been... and not Doctor Who. Not not even an episode. Like you don't even I'm know. Be, I'm gonna be honest. You didn't you. understand the okay. TARDIS reference. Okay. So it's really I, uncomfortable. I'm gonna be <laughs> brutally honest on why. We're not gonna go. There's one it's... simple reason. The fan base is really, really yeah. annoying to me. Every fan base is everybody annoying. Everybody is the annoying. fan base. It's everybody. Yeah, Everyone loves Doctor Who. Actually, no, my wife is not a big fan, though she. I'm I've been trying to find a doctor for her to start with. Mm-hmm. No, but like that. every fan base is annoying. That's, that's true. Insane. That is true. I'm just find saying, one that's not. I'm just saying, for me especially, the last ten years, whenever I've had somebody like tell me like, "Oh, you got to do this." The not last in 10 nice, years have been great. Not Doctor Who. Not like you guys have been doing it in a nice way, but like there have been people who just like jumped on my throat about it and they're like, I mean, I did really we just some try to shame you yeah, for not yeah, knowing the TARDIS? We did, but yeah, no, like shame me, but like not in a joking way like you guys, but shame me like. I mean, I'm not joking. Oh, yeah. I, don't think <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it all comes Fuck from love. Then, right? It all comes from Ashley, love. don't be, you You don't no. need to be nice to him right yeah. now. He knows what he did. <laughs> all right. He knows. I tried. Anybody frankly. else got things going on? Kara, what do you got going on? Um, Going on. I So this weekend, come and we're just hanging out. We're not even part of the show, but there's a Paracon Chicago uh, Paranormal uh, Paracon. It is in Countryside. A bunch of us are going to be there. Come hang out. Uh, Chris Fleming, who has been on the show, will be there as well. We are, and I'm finally going to get my aura photographed. I've never done that, so I'm really excited. Ooh. You know, yeah, is that going to be at the Paracon? We will be there. Can we make predictions, please? I think we're going to have to. So I think when I take it before I post the picture, I want predictions. Um, can, can we take predictions right now in this moment? I mean, we have two minutes before our very special guest. I can guests. do it in two minutes. Okay. You got, me too. <laughs> me too, Ashley. Go ahead. Greenish, pinkish. Oh, I have literally no idea anything water, about water, 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 orange. Together, it's going to be like brown. Orange. No, I'm, I'm green, expecting like no. layers. Listen, Red on the color wheel. Green and pink are opposite, so they're yeah. complementary colors. They that's are why it would. That's why they turn no, brown when you brown, mix them together. It'll be both. It'll be both. <laughs> no, that that's brown, baby. It'll be double, double, double Listen, rainbow. Color theory yeah, was rainbow. a pet project. I had to double do that rainbow. for hair. Pink, green, brown. But well, in layers. Era, maybe Separate. it's brown. Okay, layers fine. Maybe it's right, brown guys. and then we'll call it pink and green. Join us in Countryside. I know that you're going to see Kara, at least, <laughs> Jenny, myself, and Tressa, and Chris Fleming. I know that James and Ashley are not local, but all the other local legends will I mean, will if they surprised us in Countryside, I would not be You know what? You guys That'd can really FaceTime Can I, we can can I pay for it. a cardboard cutout? <laughs> We can FaceTime you. Yeah, we'll, right. do, that. we'll um, do that. And then also July 8th, I will be speaking of Chris Fleming at his pop-up Paracon in Woodstock. Delightful. On the panel. I'm very excited. Kara, say delightful. <laughs> no, I, I will later. I can't do it on prompting. Oh, I think I have makeup in my eyes. All right. James, oh. Ashley, you guys got anything going on? And then we're going to get to Tressa real quick before the guest. No? No? Nothing. Tressa, no, what do you got? No, we're just here anything to be else? cool. Ah, okay. Um, next week on Fire Tonight is going to start a regular schedule of Thursday afternoons. You will always find us there. You can find us there many, many times, but we're going live every Thursday at 1 uh, Central Time. You can find us on firetonight.com. Thank you. All right. So at this point, we're just going to wait for our wonderful guest to 
But I'll start talking in the meantime. I'm having eye problems because I've been wearing this makeup all day. So don't mind me as I just cry and that's okay. Be weird. Um, okay. <laughs> Our guest tonight is Mike Ricksecker. I'm so excited. Um, he's the author of a whole lot of books, including Amazon bestselling A Walk in the Shadows, The Complete Guide to the Shadow People, um, Alaska's Mysterious Triangle, and eight historic paranormal books. He's appeared on multiple television shows and programs, including History Channel's Ancient Aliens and The Unexplained, Travel Channel's The Alaska Triangle. Discovery's Fright Club, Animal Planet's The Haunted, multiple series um, on Gaia TV, and more. He's the producer and director of the docuseries The Shadow Dimension, available on several streaming platforms, and produces additional full-length content on ancient wisdom, lost civilizations, and the supernatural on his extensive YouTube channel. So he's pretty darn impressive. I could keep reading, but I am just crying. That was so moving that Kara is just weeping. I know. It's all... No, one's beautiful like one Kara little bit of it. Oh, Kara. When did you put that on? Like what time in the morning? Was it like 5 a.m.? Uh, like 5 in the morning. Oof. Yeah. So eventually. It's just running. starting to run. It it's just. Fun. We're done. They put in a whole it shift. It only lasts so long. So I think I know what my I'm first. Trying to be uh, a normal human. Of course, I'm just going to cry on our <laughs> oh, no, after you read that 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 list there, I think I know what my first question is going to be. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Can't wait for it, Where do you find the time? <laughs> oh, yes. No, and he was just at Bell Mansion in Fort Wayne um, on Saturday for his Connecting the Universe series. So that's that's the other cool thing. So as we're waiting for him to hop on, so talk about find the time. He has the whole Connected Universe portal. And his connected universe. Um, there's like classes, weekly classes. I so that's some of my questions too. Like, how does it all work? I see these things. So just interested in what we can learn. And he has YouTube and podcasts of his own. So we'll post all of that on oh, yeah. our social media. Totally. We already have all of his info uh, on our website right now. So if anybody wants to check him out or wants to find him, they can definitely do that right now in this moment. I'm going right. to try to put my glasses on and be normal. <laughs> try He's going to gonna pop on and I'm going to. You're going to try to be normal. That's what I try to do. Oh. See how it works out. <laughs> Every day when I wake up, that's my MO, y'all. Like just, okay, Ashley, wash your face. Be normal. It's like walking to work. You like tell yourself, like, I okay, kinda, don't be weird. I usually kind of give up on that by like 11 a.m. <laughs> I just, I can put it on for so good day long. If I make it to lunch, James, oh. it's a good day. There's like the threshold you cross. You're like, well, that's it. <laughs> now everybody now. gets weird, Ashley, which frankly, I think is the better version, but you know, you guys are trying, you know, I gotta be honest with briefly. you. I talked to normal Ashley once. It was the very first screening yeah, call that one I had time. Yeah, that, that was it. That was normal Ashley. And then from the time that we actually like interviewer after that, that was weird Ashley. Which is the Ashley that I, I'm proud to say that we hired. Thank you. I don't know. I think I talked to you at like seven o'clock in the middle of like my kids' bath time. And so I was like, and we're like <laughs> the filter is gone. Yeah. All right. Kara, you wanna shoot a I little, just shot him okay. a message. Little... I mean at least I'm done crying. So well, that's good. I think we're it's not worth ready. it, Kara. He's not worth it. <laughs> He doesn't deserve you. <laughs> I used to have a drop. I used to have a drop that said that. 
I literally had a drop that said he doesn't deserve you. Don't ask me why I had it. I mean, that's maybe how I felt just now. I don't know. Aw. Well, as long as he doesn't Corbin us. No, I don't know if it's ever too soon for that. I don't know. I've been watching him and I was just like, "Mm -hmm, mm." what's he up to lately? What's he up to these days? Is he still not messaging us back? He's going Mm -hmm. to places and doing things and just, yeah. Oh, I want to know what happened so bad. So he's clearly very in touch with the paranormal. See, you guys were acting too normal, and he was like, you're not... You're right, It's probably my fault. That's on me, being the newbie. I could totally tell that James is creeping on him right now. I mean, look at that. I'm (laughs) 100% creeping on him right now. It's making that What you at? What you doing? Where are you at? Where's that house? That's a really cool house. I mean, haunted as fuck, but pretty cool. Birdsaw Mansion? Is that what we're talking about? No, Thornhaven. Oh, just the name. name. I don't know. It also looks like something you might find on cheap old houses. And, you know, I think that and that's they just what my, make it up. This yeah. old house, those, those two interests up. really just line up there. <laughs> Ooh, Victorian woodworking. Idea, also ghosts. So, nowadays, yeah. Does it make it cheaper or more expensive that's what to I'm be saying. a haunted house? Can we well, make our own, like, spooky Zillow? Right. Oh, Zillow, Zillow gone spooky. You guys, all right, take this off the air right now. Okay. This idea. <laughs> I'll, I'll mute everybody. Yeah. Hold on. You know, it is. It is a okay, law. We're, we're muted. Nobody New- can hear us live. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No. There's a law in New York State that you have to report if a house is haunted. But it's not nationally. It is nope. state by state. Which yep, is but New York, New York State is one so, of them. But in New York, does it make the house cheaper? I don't know. The whole lawsuit actually happened like longer? very close to my the house I grew up in. You but, know, Kara, at that point, it's how you spin it, baby. Like, it's like, it oh, is. was this just like a casual murder or was it a ritualistic? Well, that's I heard. So I was listening to something this morning about Lizzie Borden's house. So, of oh. course, like Lizzie Borden, Ooh, the it. house, you know, the, the actual that. murder house. That's what they use it for. We've stuff. all been. We've all been. Oh, no, we got our guest. Very nice. We got our guest, guys. Huh? Is it time? It's time. He's here. We'll talk about Lizzie. <laughs> what are we doing? Love Lizzie. Fall, fall River. Let's do it. So anyway, there's the house she moved to after the murders. So that's oh, okay. like for sale again. Oh, there's your punchline. That's fun. <laughs> God, the suspense haunted. is killing me. How's it going, Mike? Hey, Mike. Hi, Mike. We've got Para Tyler in the chat saying, what up, fam? Where Mike? Para Tyler, Mike is signing in right now. Feel free to say hello once we get him. I know it's not necessarily his fault. Zoom just likes to take its time and with everything. And, everyone. and hi, Para Tyler. Yeah, hi, Para what Tyler. What up, Para Facebook Tyler. friends. You know. I've seen, him, I've seen him around Facebook. He seems pretty cool. Yeah. In the halls when you get your books at your locker. Yeah, but I don't make eye contact, though, because we haven't been introduced. No. Pear Tyler says, hope right. you're all having a good night, Pear Tyler. <laughs> I think we all are. Yeah. Right, I think how, so. How are you feeling tonight, Pear Tyler? Tell us how you how you're feeling tonight. Listen, I'm I here with my already. friends on a spooky Monday. That's a great way to start the week. That's all. That's it, man. <laughs> air horn, air horn, air horn. We used to have an air horn drop, but I got rid of it because it was too much. <laughs> Never too much. Okay. Hey. There, there he is. is. There he is. 
Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Hello. Thanks for joining us. I So I'm Kara. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I love <laughs> to forget introductions, so I'm not going to forget them tonight. I don't know with my directions. We have Frank. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet Ashley. You. Hey, Mike. James. Hello, hello. I'm just pointing in directions. Right. And Tressa. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello, hello. So I already did the whole introduction, you know, reading all okay. of your stuff. And I'm so we all got to think of all of our questions. <laughs> we got a couple I, of, uh, really quick here. Just I'm going to uh, I don't mean to yeah. cut you off. We got Pear Tyler saying, yeah, uh, I'm great looking uh, forward to gaining some knowledge about the paranormal. Mike is the man. And then we also got Nick Hansen coming in saying, hey, 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 Nick Hansen, how you doing? Hmm? Or go ahead, Kara. <laughs> Sorry. OK. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we talked. So I, I think my biggest question: you do so much, and I'm gonna almost steal James's question, but I'm not gonna quite. How did this all start? <laughs> right. So uh, I mean, really, it all started for me when um, I mean, I was young. I was a kid, and uh, about eight years old, had a uh, pretty wild experience with a shadow person. Um, woke up in the middle of the night and they were standing in the corner of my bedroom it was a tall, dark figure. Uh, I had no idea it was a, you know, it, I didn't know anything about shadow people at the time. You know, I thought there was an intruder in the house and you know, it was about to kill me because uh, what you think at that age, right? Uh, fortunately, I'm still alive to tell the tale, which is great, but, um, but it did get physical with me and it did approach my bed. Um, you know, leaned over, I'm staring up into this blank black face. And there's nothing there, no eyes, so no, so not, nothing. And uh, it actually grabbed me by the wrist, crossed my arms across my body, and then ran off down the hall, of all places, into a closet. By that point, I found my voice, found my legs, ran off screaming in my parents' bedroom. They're trying to console me, call me down, tell me that uh, you know I just had a bad dream, but um, I knew this wasn't a bad dream. So fast forward about five years. We moved from that house, uh, which I would never call a haunted house. It's like the one thing that happened there. Um, and we lived there for 10 years. But we moved into a new house. And as I'm unpacking boxes and putting things away, um, I keep seeing this you know, figure in my doorway. And I turn and look and off would go. And this happened several times over the course of um, you know, the next week. And um, I'd be unpacking boxes, putting things away, and be standing there in my doorway, and off would go. So finally, I decided to ask my mom about it. I said, hey, mom, I've been seeing this. What do you think? And she said, oh, I've actually seen it too. And the way she said it, um, you know, for, for one, it was great that she admitted that she had seen it too, uh, too because that was an affirmation, okay, I'm not crazy. But two, um, she wasn't alarmed about it. Um, she's, she seemed okay. And so for me, I was like, well, mom's not alarmed about it. There's no reason for me to be alarmed about it. So I got playful with the thing and I started calling him Tom, like peeping Tom. Cause that's all he would do is he'd peep in my doorway <laughs> and it would run off. You know, it was very different than that first one where the first one was, you know, very solid, got physical. This thing was more translucent. It was very fast. It was just kind of curious sort of soul. And that activity lasted about three or four months and subsided and it kind of went away. So I chalked it up to something or somebody that was in the house. I was curious as to, you know, who or what, you know, we were, you know, new family moving in, deemed that we were okay, went about its business. So those were like my first real significant uh, interactions and had many since. That's kind of what 
you know, started me on the path. Mm. So right. really, really cool. So, you know, as you had this sort of history with the, the shadow peoples, did that then kind of come back later on where you were like, I'm going to spend the time to actually like dive in and research this or did it kind of fall in line with the other things you were working on at the time? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, um, my first little paranormal investigation was not too long after that. Um, cause that second, that second one was when I was 13, the first little paranormal investigation, I was, uh, going on 15. Um, so that was kind of like my first introduction into, into that aspect of it. Um, and then kind of over the years, you know, as I did more investigations, I started, um, you know, writing books and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I started, you know, giving presentations and talks and all that. And that was a topic that always came up a lot. And so I had a presentation that was geared toward shadow people and recounted my experiences and all that. And I had some experiences in Alaska as well. Um, so really it was kind of like a, a number of years of, um, you know, of research, interacting with people, uh, people giving me feedback about their experiences and all that. And that just kind of over years came together as my book, A Walk in the Shadows. Follow-up question to that. Um, what mm. kind of things outside of sort of talking to people who um, you know, have had, had experiences, what other kind of things did you do to research for that book? What other kind of things are involved there for you to get the best information? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about um, you know, diving into a, a lot of different types of material. You know, for one, there's a there's ancient history to all of this. You know, shadow people aren't like a new phenomenon or anything like this. This is something that's been going on for thousands of years. You can find um, reports of, of shadow entities back in ancient Sumer, ancient Egypt, uh, during the spiritualism movement. Uh, you know, so it's it's been going on for all time. And what's interesting is when you start looking at things like old hag syndrome and, and things like that, is you can find that cultures from all over the world, thousands of years that weren't supposed to be connected, were all talking about the same type of phenomena. So that was really fascinating. Um, you know, you of course, there's an aspect of, um, of sleep paralysis and all that. So that, you know, takes you into the realm of diving into, uh, you know, medical, uh, terminology and knowledge and things like that, diving into the National Institute of Health and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, talked with other, uh, kind of quote unquote experts in the field. Um, you know, uh, Carl Johnson who's a renowned demonologist in the field. Uh, he uh, had a lot of input for the book. Uh, we did a lot of work together. Um, you know, of course, Going in and doing investigations, going to locations that have uh, reported shadow activity and seeing what happens. And uh, with my docu-series, uh, The Shadow Dimension, uh, what that entailed was going to locations in which not only had uh, reported shadow activity, but also reported portal activity to see if there was some sort of correlation or, or uh, relationship there. So with that and, and investigations, obviously, as you said, from a young age, what would you say is your favorite investigative tool that your you body. find the most reliable or the most interesting? Your body. I always say the best tool is your body. You know, trust, trust your instincts. You know, you have, you know, you have your five senses and you have your sixth sense. So um, to, to me, it's always trust your body. I mean, I do, of course, you know, when I'm on investigations, I'll, I'll bring some tools with me. But, you know, over the years, it's, it's interesting. You know, it started with kind of like, you know, the bare minimum basics. 
um, camera, audio recorder, uh, notepad, pencil, flashlight, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, over the years I gained like all of this equipment and, um, you know, so I had all the gizmos and gadgets and all this stuff. And then I've, I've just whittled that back down to the bare necessities, <laughs> camera, audio recorder, you know, uh, maybe an EMF detector or something, but, um, yeah. So we got a quick question here from uh, somebody that's viewing the stream here who's asking, uh, can shadow people be in different locations as you referenced, or is it something that's more or less in your own state of mind? Um, no, these are actual real physical beings. Um, it, it's not something that's in your head. This is not something that's imaginary. These things really exist. Um, you know, somebody who is, now I'll say this, there are people who are more in tune to shadows than say like apparitions. And that has to do with your own personal resonance, frequency and vibration. So um, human body uh, resonates anywhere between about a nine to uh, 16 Hertz range. And so, you know, everybody's a little bit different. And of course these entities that you're interacting with as they come into, into our plane of existence, they also have their own resonance, frequency, vibration. So it's like, what are you getting in tune with? And so that's why some people are more apt to see shadows and apparitions and vice versa. But these are real physical beings. Um, you know, some, some are going to be like a, sure, a uh, you know, human spirit that can't fully manifest as an apparition. Uh, some of them are going to be interdimensional beings. Some of them are going to be astral projections. Some of them are ETs. It really depends on the type of um, the shadow that we're talking about here. Okay, so that's interesting. I was going to say, what's the distinction? Because I've I've definitely kind of seen both. And depending mm -hmm. on where I am, there's places that it's more likely, you know, so if I'm seeing shadows along a wall, is that, so that's a shadow person, not an apparition? Or can it be an apparition? You know, can it be a ghost that I'm just seeing like a shadow? See, I don't know. Like, right. I mean, it, it, it could be. It can, right, okay, Sarah, so. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so I, yeah, so it can be kind a of. human spirit. And the human spirit can be a shadow or can be an apparition. Basically, the distinction between those two things, a shadow or an apparition, is just the way we, we see it. So an apparition is going to be something that's, you know, more whitish in nature, where yeah. a shadow is going to be more dark in nature. Uh, but either one could be a human spirit. And okay. I've seen them before where you've, we've seen uh, shadow manifest into an apparition. Okay. Really quick, we got another follow-up question because I, I believe some of our audience are, are largely unfamiliar because they haven't read your book yet. Um, mm -hmm. uh, listener wants to know, are all shadow people evil or uh, malevolent? No, no. Uh, that's a that's a common misperception. And uh, it's it's really a pet peeve of mine when you know people uh, say that, you know, shadow people are the darkest of the dark, most yeah. evil of all evil, da, da, da. Yeah, I, I'm going to be really simplistic here. Shadow people are like humans in that some people are good some people are bad same with shadow people some are good some are bad it really depends on the particular one that you're dealing with because we're talking about a wide range of different type of entities that are basically resonating within our plane of existence just on that same uh mode or frequency and so it's that's where your investigative techniques need to come into play and try to determine okay what are we dealing with are we we could be dealing with um sure some are going to be demons, small amount. Yes, that can happen. It can be a human spirit, but ah, some, you know, human spirits, if they're a jerk in life, they're going to be a jerk in death too, right? Uh, but some are, you know, most are rather just benign. 
you know, I mean, you'll have some that are benevolent. I have definitely have stories and reports of, of shadow entities that have done things that are helpful for people. You will have some of the nasty and nefarious ones, but most are just rather benign. They're neither good nor evil. They're just a, a lot of watching and observing that sort of thing. And you know, sure, that's creepy. If you you know, wake up in the middle of the night, there's a shadow in the middle of your room and it's just staring at you, which you know, we get those reports a lot. You know, it's not necessarily doing anything evil. Yes, it's creepy. It's invading your space, that sort of thing. But if it's just looking at you, is that evil? You know, so um, a, a lot of them are just watching, observing, um, taking in information, maybe studying humanity. Could be an could be an ET from uh, another world out there that is just studying humanity, and uh, we're misinterpreting what their intentions are. Well, I mean, even going back to the idea that it is a matching of frequencies and resonance, it could be that necessarily we're the weirdness on their end as well. Oh, absolutely. That yeah, when you're talking, yeah, yeah. When you're talking uh, something that's like interdimensional or even something like a time slip or something like that, like in, and in cases of time slips, you'll have, you know, ghosts or apparitions. What you think is a ghost or an apparition turn and look at you as like, what you the are the ghost. Are you doing here? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's that's definitely true. Yeah. So, portals. I so there's so many things we can talk to you about. So that's <laughs> I, I want to like cover all of it in this short amount of time. Portals and stargates. <laughs> like, I so, is the stargate a portal? I well, tell us about them. There's so many questions. Well, yeah. I mean, they're they're sure they're related i mean when we think of um stargate we're, we're talking about something that takes us to another place within the cosmos but really that's it, it's a type of portal or wormhole that takes us there's a gateway it's a doorway to uh to, to somewhere else and so um you would be using a some sort of portal technology to take you somewhere else uh in in the universe So you think that, that, would you say then that there is a higher frequency around areas that have that history where the this phenomenon occurs? Or would you say it is pretty much a hit or miss? Like some places no, have the portal, some places don't. It's all just kind of a... Yeah, it has to do with the energy in the area. So we have these different places uh, around the planet, you know, hotspot nodes of energy. And you'll find uh, different kind of ancient sites of power located on top of those, like, uh, you know, the pyramids, stone circles, things like that. Uh, people usually uh, refer to ley lines, that sort of thing. And uh, really what's what's going on here. So the ley line is the uh, the lining up of all of those different ancient sites of powers and uh, and things like that. What's uh, what's the important part there is the the earth energy, the telluric currents that are running through the earth and where you have them cross. Uh, the technical term is conductivity discontinuity, but you know we refer to them as hotspot nodes of energy, and so this is where things you know kind of really get crazy and really start happening. Where um, you'll have like like your triangle areas, like you know Bermuda Triangle, Alaska Triangle, that sort of thing. That's you have the um, the magnetism of the Earth's core that's rising up through the ground. It's interacting with different metals, minerals, things like that, and depending on what it. Uh, interacts with it as, as it's coming through the ground creates different magnetic fields. And so that's why some of these locations have a lot going on because of that magnetism is hitting these different uh, things that's coming up through the ground. First, I want to thank you for answering all my questions before I get a chance to ask them. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but could you do like a, like an overview of your Alaskan work? 
Um, how much time do we have? <laughs> Same, <laughs> as much as you have. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Alaska is. Uh, I mean, it's very vast, uh, wild. Um, there's there are some places out there that are still uncharted. I spent three years there when I was uh, a member of the United States Air Force, so I got to see a lot of that firsthand. Um, but I will say this: I wasn't really focused on that. Uh, during th- those three years, I was still very young. Um, I got married up there at a very young age, started having kids at a young age. So my, and plus I was in the military, so my focus was really on a lot of other things. But I still witnessed some significant activity up there and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of what I was saying before with Alaska is um, when I was describing the uh, the hotspot nose. This this place is really really significant because not only do you have that. Uh, magnetism that's welling up through the ground. And even back in the 60s, uh, the U.S. Department of the Interior did surveys up there. And they detected, uh, they classified them as five different magnetic characters. And some of these they considered, quote-unquote, negative anomalies. And this is why I think they built HARP up there. Um, So you have that magnetism that's coming up through the ground there. It's really, really significant. Uh, You have a lot of seismic activity there, a lot of earthquakes. You have volcanic activity that's up there. I mean, when I first stepped off the plane there in Alaska in 1992, there was still ash falling from the sky from a recent volcanic eruption. Uh, You have the the solar flares that hit up there uh, around the poles. The uh, magnetic protection from uh, from the Earth is is thinner when you get up into the ionosphere, and so when the solar flares uh, smack into the ionosphere there, that's where you get the massive auroras and, and things like that. So really, you have this really significant cocktail of energy there up in Alaska, and that's why you're having um, a lot more paranormal activity up there. Uh, you're having a lot of these strange uh, disappearances and crazy sightings of uh, different cryptids. You have a lot of UFO activity and things like this up there. So um, yeah, it's, it's really, really active. I really wanted to jump in really quick just because I personally had an interest in the harp uh, site mm-hmm. for many, many years. Unfortunately, I personally have never made it up to visit. Have you ever been up there and visited? And how, how would you like, cause I know there are scientific reasons behind the building of that site. Uh, but you're saying yeah. it has a lot of uh, influence on sort of some of the paranormal things going on out there. Obviously, that does manipulate or attempts to manipulate the ionosphere. Um, is there anything that you want to say specifically about that? Only because I have personally a huge interest in it. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't personally visited the site, uh, Gakone. It was, it was way out of the way for me to be able to get to from where I was at at Elmendorf. And I had no reason to go there um, while I was enlisted in the Air Force. So, um, but what's interesting about HARP, so the the idea of this um, this radio array was to do scientific testing on, of the ionosphere. And they did, and this is what really freaked everybody out, was uh, in the early 2000s, it opened in 1993. Uh, in the early 2000s, they did, con- uh, uh, they did create an artificial aurora in the sky. So they were able to manipulate the ionosphere and create an aurora with this thing. So that's one of the things that really kind of started to scare people. Um, And there's a lot of interesting stories about they're able to manipulate enough of the atmosphere to be able to change weather. Uh, There's the the low frequency waves that bounce back. And this is something that... um, 
Nick Begich has, has really researched into, um, that the uh, waves that bounce back down, uh, they, when you hear the stories of like mind control with this thing, um, the waves that come back down, they don't necessarily say something like, okay, I want you to just throw something really absurd out, you know, uh, like go kill this person or go jump off a cliff or something like that. It's not specific like that, but the waves that come back down, they can be tuned in such a way that can make people more agitated, make them angry, make them depressed, that sort of thing. And then, of course, as you're feeling whatever that emotion is, that's when people start acting out on it. So that's something that's really concerned people. Now, the government officially backed out of HARP was 2014 is when it was. And then a year later, uh, the University of Alaska Fairbanks took over sole control of it. Now, the university was already involved with it in conjunction with the military before that. Uh, so officially, the, uh, uh, the university is using it. But this is what I always kind of throw into the back of people's minds with this, is that think of uh, the way we develop technology these days. Um, and where computers were back in 1993. What happened over you know 20 years of time? Well, they got more powerful, they got smaller, and you know we have you know cell phones that are uh, in our hands now that are more powerful than the computers we were using back then. So, did the government discover and research everything they needed to with HARP, and then make it smaller and more mobile, and now they can? travel with it and if they're uh you know putting these uh low frequency waves out there uh to manipulate uh people's emotions if yeah. they are actually controlling the weather with it then now they have a mobile device that can do that yeah i i've read all kinds of things that uh, i don't know if they're substantiated or not but it's cool to think about where like you know people have said that like there's studies on how to weaponize that technology and there's people that mm -hmm. have said like oh they're they've taken that uh technology with the low frequencies and put it into like rifle like weapons and stuff so really cool i personally didn't know that that had an effect on the paranormal which i find just blows my mind because those are like two different worlds of interest that have come together for me so thank you for that well, isn't sure. it all science at the end of the day though yeah yeah, well, like yeah, that's the things we, we talk about things as if this is a beyond or above. It's just another layer that we may not understand at this point. So like hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Mm. I that actually am completely unfamiliar <laughs> with heart. It's very but, terrifying, James. Very, 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 it, the funniest well, yeah. thing to me is that I was on the way home from an amusement park today telling children that we can weaponize weather. And I was like, no, this is a thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. you know? Like, Absolutely, sorry. yeah. 100%, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just, you know, taken from the news, do you think uh, Grush is offering mm -hmm. any new things, or is this just the same stuff we've been hearing for years? Well, the thing that he did different is he filed an official whistleblower complaint. And mm -hmm. we, we have had people come forward in the past and talk about us having, um, you know, alien craft and technology things. I mean, it's not, no, that goes all the way back to Roswell. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and like Bob Lazar. We've talked everything. about right. Uh, Bob Lazar, absolutely. Rick Doty. Uh, yeah, a number of people over the years have said, "Hey, I've 
you know, been at places where we've had uh, alien craft, alien technology. Um, you know, Bob Lazar is supposed to be working on uh, reversing the propulsion system. Um, some have claimed that they have uh, actually seen and interacted with extraterrestrials. So it's not new in that regard. It's just uh, because he filed it as a whistleblower complaint, you know, now there has to be some uh, official follow-up to it. But and legal ramifications for himself. Right, right. So certainly there could be some fallout for him, but yeah, it's it's the government, and you know because in many cases, okay. So he filed it what last week or the week before, whenever it was. Um, it still gives them enough time if they want to hide something, they're going to hide it. So, but it gets people talking about it. I mean, I think we've seen over the past what was the Tic Tacs were what twenty eighteen. I can't remember dates, but 2018, the, and the other one goes uh, back to 2004. Well, the, um, the, the, I mean, the actual reports, the, the, the reports. Yeah. 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 You know, there's, there is that there is people in government and other countries, governments who are yeah. at least attempting to move that needle forward. So it's almost like this is just another one step towards some level of disclosure, because I think. They can't release everything at once. People would riot. You do it a little bit over time. <laughs> you get people more comfortable with the idea before you go, hey. Well, and that's yeah, what the Berkeley report was was all about back in 1960. But it's been over 50 years since then. And yes, we've been more conditioned that, you know, to be more accepting of UFOs, extraterrestrials, you know, makes sense that uh, given how massive the universe is that we're not the only ones out there. Um, but, you know, there's a, a lot of damage control uh in this you know because they have been lying to us for decades and you know people don't like the idea even though you know we joke around about you know how you know crooked politicians are people actually don't like the idea that their government has been lying to them yeah that's true very very i true. mean we got a nice nifty new rebranding now uaps yeah <laughs> it, it's a dance you know the, all the it's like shakespeare said all the world is a stage and you know Mm -hmm. So was Shakespeare, but <laughs> that's a story for another day. What do you think we should expect to see next within that realm of disclosure and uh, just finding things out? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's next with that? Because, okay, we went from, uh, you know, talking about, you know, the reports, you know, we get a congressional hearing on it, which was great for 150 years. You know, so we're, we're talking about it and now we're saying that, uh, you know, we have some downcraft or, uh, you know, next might be, hey, we've actually been in constant communication, you know, with extraterrestrials from uh, some other planet. You know, that might be the next step here. Well, isn't the Large Hadron supposed to make contact with another dimension next week, I think? Right. But they've, that's, that's but they've the already done that. They, uh, I mean, they had <laughs> um, back in November, they were talking about they had created wormholes and black holes in the lab and, you know. So, there's, yeah, it seems like every week or two we're coming out with something new here. Yeah, there's always something. Exciting times. Uh, yeah. no, that's part of the deconditioning, though. If every week it's just something, after a while you just go, oh, okay. okay. Everything is, why not that? Sure. But see, it's here's the thing. Everything everything is a report or everything is a, you know, some talking head on the TV. Let's actually see it. And right. I think that's what people want. Let's actually see it yeah. instead of continuing to talk about it. That well, I think that's what releasing the videos. 
Great. By 2085, we'll have concrete evidence just around the corner. Any day. Right. <laughs> 2085, it'll be one still. 2085. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look this fresh. It'll be great. We're all going to. Yes. Gonna, Science. It's 2085. Mm -hmm. I'll be. We'll be using the alien technologies to refresh our <laughs> cellular DNA at that point. That's right. Of course. <laughs> that, I think that actually might to be it. to me one of the bigger arguments against it is like are you telling me that the cosmetic industry has not tapped into this <laughs> at this point to sell things like we do have a, a kind of a crazy question if you want to take it from one of our listeners which is uh did okay. extraterrestrials or aliens share technologies with nazis that may or may not have gotten gotten them to the moon i don't know if you want to answer that <laughs> i you know I'll, I'll say i'll say this um because there's a lot of stories and, and rumors sure. about you know, what, what the Nazis now. may have been up to. You know, did they have contact with extraterrestrials? There was a reason that they were down in Antarctica. Um, and, and there's a lot of reports of there being extraterrestrial bases and things like that down there. Um, I think at least for one, um, there was you know some sort of ancient technology down there that the Nazis were after. There's really no other reason to be there. Uh, but you know, we know for certain that, of course, Antarctica was in a, uh, you know, continental drift. It had been elsewhere on the planet. You know, the cores that they've pulled up have shown that it was once, uh, you know, jungle territory. Yeah. Uh, but there's been some interesting structures that have been seen. We have satellite photos of it, you know, that look pyramidal. Uh, some of them look like ancient buildings. Some of them look like old stone walls, this sort of thing. So if there was a you know ancient culture that had been thriving down there that had some sort of technology that had been lost a time that we don't have today, like the way the way the pyramids were constructed, the way you know the massive stones were moved at ball back, that sort of stuff. Um, was it possibly some sort of anti-gravity technology that built those things to be able to build those blocks? Well, that would be something that the Nazis at the time would absolutely be interested in. Okay, fine. We defeated them. We booted them out. Well, you think we're not going to go looking for it now? Why are we down there? Yeah. I know we found a bunch of U-boats and stuff along the way, sort of on the mm -hmm. path there, even if, you know, whatever they're doing, we don't know. But, like, I know they found a U-boat. What was it, like, late 50s or early 60s they found a U-boat? And they found one more recently, like, even in the Atlantic, closer to New York. Like, they're finding those things all over the place. Yeah. So, yeah, there's still several of those out there. Absolutely. Yeah. So thanks for answering the the wacky question. We have a lot sure. of those, but I figure we pepper a couple of those in here with all the serious stuff that we're talking about. That's all good. <laughs> we promise that wasn't a gotcha moment by any means. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. So now I just about you, do you, so all this research, all these books, mm -hmm. all this, everything, do you feel like you have special abilities or you're a medium or... <laughs> Can anybody just see ghosts? You know, people. Love that question. I'll, I'll, I'll question. say this. I, I never, I, yeah, no, that is a good question. Uh, I'll say this. I, I never um, admit to being anything. People tell me that I have more going on that I give myself credit for. Um, and, you know, I, I certainly believe that I am more in tune to, you know, like, the shadow realm and that sort of thing, because I've seen so many over the years. So I think what, what happens is, um, cause you'll hear stories of people that you know, don't see anything for 
you know, their life up until they had a moment when they were 42 years old, you know, saw a, a ghost or whatever, and boom, now they're seeing them all the time. And I think what happens is, like in cases like that, um, is that, again, it comes down to, you know, personal resonance, frequency, and vibration. And I think when things like that happen, your uh, personal re- resonance gets in tune with that. So mine, for, ever since I was a kid, and I had those shadow interactions, you know, my personal resonance uh, became more in tune to those type of entities and the way uh, that they are resonating into our plane of existence. And so, um, you know, some people, again, it's it's more toward the apparition side or maybe other types of phenomena, maybe, um, you know, uh, could be, you know, astral projections or whatever. And when it comes to that, you know, they could, if you were to actually see somebody's astral projection, or maybe even the astral projection of an extraterrestrial that could be projecting their consciousness from elsewhere, you know, could come off as a shadow, could come off as like a shimmer type person or, you know, some other different form. Um, and, you know, people are able to tune into that. Some haven't really been able to tune in one way or the other yet. They're still kind of like in the middle somewhere. And so they don't see a whole lot, but that doesn't mean that they won't ever. It just means at this particular time, they're, they're not tuning in very well. That's so awesome. We're going to be doing a show at some point on people who have, uh, you know, say that they have gifts or, you know, they advertise that they do. We're going to be having a show on those moments in their life that sort of triggered that gift mm-hmm. or triggered that ability. So uh, that's coming yeah. down the pipeline. So I'm very excited for it. Good. Good. Yeah, wonderful. It's interesting because it almost feels like, and I, I don't mean this in a negative connotation, but it's that idea that like, you know, a person who's experienced a panic attack is more likely then to suffer from them later on. It's that idea of like, if you have that residency, then your body knows what it is. And then it's Once this it's really, open, yeah. you will, you align or attach to it. Right. James? Right. Or not. It's more that your body then recognizes it. How to react. And, yeah. yeah, totally. Well, that's great. So any other questions? I was going to say, so my big, my big last question is connecting the universe. You have your classes. Mm -hmm. What, what happens in those? What do we learn? Yeah. Well, I just had the big um, connecting the universe, the event, which was a, um, a four presentation series where we covered uh, stargates and portals, Alaska Triangle, we covered consciousness and time travel and all kinds of different topics. So with Connecting the Universe class on Wednesdays, um, basically it's it's kind of taking a topic like we've been talking about tonight, take one of those and boom, you know, we're discussing that for for an hour on Wednesday nights. Um, the, uh, The portal that I've set up, um, basically like the, the gateway into that, but there's a lot more that's going on back there behind the scenes. Um, we've got monthly Q and a stuff that goes on. We have, um, what are called morning mug videos, which is just, um, you know, kind of catching up on some different topics, news items, things like that, you know, sitting down in the morning with a mug of coffee and, and talking about, Hey, what's the news of the day? Uh, we got you know, sneak peeking behind the scenes videos, a lot of exclusive articles, stuff like that. Um, uh, you know, behind there. So, um, really it's, it's an online learning portal is what it is. And we're diving into a lot of these different topics and dissecting them. And anything coming down the pipeline, anything new, like always give people a chance to 
Yeah, no, I have, have their my, wares. Uh, yeah, my new book is coming out here in August. So it's the uh, book one of the Connecting the Universe series. Okay. And it is travels through time. So it's all about time travel. <gasps> we, we've talked a, we've talked a bit about some some good old time slips. We we've lo- we love that. Topic. Yeah. We love yeah, and I have book. I have an entire yeah, I have an entire chapter in there on time slips. So yeah. So if somebody picks up a copy of your book, uh what can they mm-hmm. expect to sort of take back from it without spoiling too much from it? Yeah, without spoiling too much. So um you know, talk about how you know time works. Um, you know, that human construct that doesn't really exist. I uh, get into my whole stack time theory. Uh, we'll get into, you know, different effects like, you know, time slips, um, ET abduction and time loss. Um, you know, the, uh, the future influence, the past, uh, what I call the doppelganger effect. So a lot of different uh, aspects that we get into here. And then we have a listener asking, uh, you know, obviously you gave the timeline of when they can pick up the book. Where can they pick up a copy? Oh, um, anywhere, um, you know, like Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, and, you know, local brick and mortar stores. Uh, if they decide to pick it up, um, it, it should be accessible there. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. I hope I answered that question for you. Sorry, just reading through. We got a lot of like viewer questions, but sure. we don't want them to sort of drive the show either. <laughs> right. I guess I asked, uh, as this is our last guest, what is, if there was anything that you could point to and say, nah, that's going too far. What would that oh. be? Oh, wow. That's a good question. What is going too far? Hmm. That's a tough one. Cause I'm usually, I'm usually pretty open-minded about a lot of things. Uh, well, that's what I always like to ask. Yeah. Like, what is the things that you're like, you know what? Mm, don't trust that one. Yeah. Um, well, there, there is something that came up here recently. What is that? Um, oh, I can't think of it offhand. Yeah. No, good. <laughs> Have you ever like heard somebody speak about some of these topics and you've heard their inter- interpretation and you're like, no, totally false, totally wrong. You shouldn't be giving out that information or uh, has it always been? Well, that's like, when it yeah. comes to like the shadow people, you know, they're all evil and that sort of thing. I mentioned earlier, that was a pet peeve of mine. So um, yeah, that one for sure. <laughs> Wonderful. Cause I know that for some of these things, it's like whatever their experience may have been, they may not be wrong. It just may, not, may just be their experience. Yeah. And, and I think that's what happens in those cases. Um, you know, okay. Somebody had a bad experience with with a shadow person i get it okay um you know not all of them are going to be you know nice and and fluffy um (laughs) you know um and people also tend to fear what they don't understand so um so i get you know okay this was your experience but that doesn't mean it's the experience that everybody has had and and that doesn't mean that because that was your experience of the way you interpreted that experience that that actually makes it the you know the reality of it Well, and I think with the shadow people, even that there was a popular TV show that a lot of us maybe didn't grow up with, but definitely watched that really emphasized how terrible the shadow people were. Right. So then you have to wonder how much, you know, of that TV mythology just creeps into what we assume. Oh, there's a shadow must be bad. And yeah. you don't even know where you heard it. You just right. saw it after week. And but there's also, I think they did some study at least, I mean, Mike, you will correct me 100% if I'm wrong here. There was some study done that said that they can tie 
common descriptions of shadow people to popular horror movies at the time. So that the idea that the man in the hat did not appear until after Nightmare on Elm Street and sort of like the idea of what we consider like the evil shadow person ties to sort of the collective conscious of what we fear as a culture at the time. I think people try to, uh, to draw those connections and I understand you know, why they do that. But like when it comes to, uh, the man in the hat, I've had reports of those for, you know, long since, uh, before Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't uh, even think the man with the hat is supposed to look vaguely like Freddy Krueger. They just both happen to have a hat. You know? I didn't even yeah. Was- and there, and there's different variations on it. They, they right. can, sure. They could be wearing the fedora sometimes with, without the cape, sometimes it's a top or with or without the trench coat. Sometimes it's a top hat and a cape. Um, sometimes it's a wide brim hat. I've even heard of one wearing like an archer hat, like something out of Robin Hood. Oh, so, oh. Oh. yeah. <laughs> so on that That's note, daunting. we're all going to go to sleep soon and, you know, <laughs> just dream about this stuff. Um, we've reached the end of the hour and I appreciate you so much. We usually do a closing thought. Does, do you have a closing thought? Um, closing thought is, uh, yeah, you know, it, Always keep your mind open about you know this type of phenomenon. There's so much out there, and you know, we're really just scratching the surface. So um, you keep an open mind, keep exploring, and then by all means, whatever you whatever knowledge you do pick up along the way, pass it on to the next generation because you know we're not going to be here forever, and so we need to we need to keep this thing going. Awesome. Do you guys want to go round robin? Give our final thoughts. Who wants to go? Final first? thought. Frank is going to try and jailbreak his phone and turn it into a harp device. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) That's the whole reason I have the tinfoil hats around. It's just for the harp (laughs) device. I think that's actually where that came from. The tinfoil hats was just like stuff like the harp, if I'm not mistaken. Stuff Hmm. like it. I don't know. Anyway, who wants to go next? I say mine is I want to know where the shadow people are getting their wide variety of hats now. Like, is there a place (laughs) that they have like baseball caps, a pork pie? Pork pie. Or an emporium that they can go to. <laughs> uh, Ashley, you wanna you wanna jump in next? Oh yeah. Um, gosh, I guess my final thought is uh, be. <clears throat> uh, I I don't know. Like align your energy appropriately because apparently that could affect how we are in the next realm if if i'm not wrong right like if we're negative we might... if you're a jerk you're a jerk yeah so that's don't, be a jerk. Jerk. don't be a jerk yeah. don't be a jerk that's um okay so my final thoughts i think um i think that's like speaking of energy that's kind of my energy because i usually just see shadows that's what i see okay. and so to me i don't think of that as seeing a shadow person i just think well that's what they look like yet you see them you know i don't think about that so that'll it's a whole nother thing to think about i just think that's a ghost no, i kind of like the idea that there's different skill levels that like you're just seeing the ones that can kind of <laughs> manifest as shadow and really do more <laughs> So I guess I got to work on it. Um, no, but thank you so much, Mike. This has been yeah, thank awesome. You. And oh my goodness, I appreciate it so much. I know we all do. And have an awesome week. 
Yep. yep. Yes. Enjoy uh, your week as well. Yeah. I'll take thank us you. out. Yeah, uh, thank, you. thank you again, Mike. Just paralleling that. Uh, thank you from on behalf of all of our audience and to our audience. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. We'll uh, see you all next Monday when we ha- we'll have another new w- wonderful topic, but I doubt it'll top our guest tonight. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you then. But yeah, until well. then, be safe and uh, stay spooky. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Okay, and we are no longer live. Thank you so much for coming on and awesome. joining us Thank tonight. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks Thank so much. You, this was a fun time.